Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Authentic Podcast with Justin Doulard. And thank you for tuning in to another episode. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Another genuine conversation with a unique individual. It's time! All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Got a good one here. I got Mr. Tim Jenkins, the uh, quarterback whisperer of Colorado, <laughs> the nickname. So, Tim, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, I'm excited, man. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. Uh, where do we start? So, talking about going to a D1 school, we can yeah. start there, go off the fly. So, <laughs> well, well, let's start with this. Yeah. I know what you do. Yep. Give me a brief synopsis of the people listening, what you do. Give me. Uh, what do you want nowadays, or do you want like three years ago when I was grinding it out of the field? Our, uh, Let's start at Fort Lewis. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah, I, I went to a Division two school, a s- tiny little school. It, you only know because your brother went there, right? Right. No one, no one really knows Fort Lewis, um, Durango, Colorado, and played quarterback there for four years, and then went on and had a cup of coffee in the NFL, and got fired <laughs> from there, and then went on to the CFL, and got fired again, and then started training quarterbacks. So. Um, now run a company, Jenkins Elite. I'm super creative with the name, obviously. The CEO um, of Jenkins Elite, yeah. man. <laughs> but we, um, you know, it started out with a kid at a park and started working with him, and he was back up on his freshman team. And the next year, he became the starter on his JV team. And as dumb as that sounds to your listeners, because they don't care about <laughs> Bennett High School and Colorado and the, their freshman quarterback, to me, it was like, seeing a kid work and work and work and achieve like even though it was a small goal like his you know a dream not a dream but like a goal he had it was like crack i was good to go so started training kiddos and you know fast forward a couple you know to 2016 we probably had 50 or so guys i was training at that point uh hired our first guy and then from there it's kind of gotten crazy so now we have you know 20 on staff we just launched a houston location we have two locations in colorado and so, you know, a couple of years ago, all I did was train guys and then I would come home at night and email and, you know, do all the sales aspect of it. Right. And then now it's gotten to the point where, you know, I still do a bunch of the training sessions, but, you know, we kind of have to focus on actually running the business because, you know, there's a lot of people who it's their actual job. Right. It's not, you know, one of my coaches, Justin Holland, he's our quarterback director in Colorado and he always jokes. Right. He's anytime he's at a dinner party people say what do you do and he says i'm a quarterback coach they go yeah cool like what else he's <laughs> like no that's my job <laughs> so um you know there's a lot of pressure and responsibility that comes with that to make sure that everyone is you know that you're putting this certain things first that maybe aren't the most fun but you have to get done to make sure everyone yeah i mean i think that's how growth has come yeah. to you i mean i listened to the podcast we talked about with you um the fitness yep. one you did several months ago yep. Your first guy you started, you said you probably took a loss on that yep. because you traveled and paid yep. and you made like 25 bucks or something. <laughs> I drove to Bennett, Colorado, which uh, if you're listening, is like, you know, basically Kansas. <laughs> I uh, drove to Bennett, Colorado. I charged 25 bucks. 
I, I filled up my gas tank and I ate good time. So I probably lost like six bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that stuff you learn when I, when I first started, it was, you know, I, I think if you were to grade me out when I first started, I was probably like a C minus as a coach. I was probably an A when it came to caring and I was an F minus as a business on the business person. side. Yeah. And then I think, you know, you just, I was fortunate. I got around some good mentors and, and then, you know, when you can devote your time to studying, you know, the craft, even though I had played at a pretty high level, you just do stuff that you, you think everyone does what you do, right? You think everyone, you know, my game was, I was super average athletically. I wasn't a good thrower, but I would watch 12 hours of film, right? Like that was my edge was, you know, if someone's going to watch 11 hours of film, there's a, when I was, when I was with the Rams, I had a rookie tryout, right? Yep. And this will give you a glimpse into how hyper competitive and insane I am. I was in the room, you, you room with the guy you're competing with. I was with Mitchell Gailey's from Abilene Christian. Uh, and he was another quarterback working out for the fourth spot essentially. And we, you know, you go back to the hotel, you study your playbook, right? It's mini camp. You have three days and you got to learn a binder this thick. Yep. Um, if he studied to 11 o'clock, I was going to study till 11.05. Just because I needed that in my head to, like, think that, you know, you that work a little edge. bit harder. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, you know, that's some of the stuff that you, you're you thankful for, you know, when you look back at your career and, and kind of how it helped you build to then who you are today. So when you started out, you took you said you made, like, 25 bucks. Yep. You drove to yep. the Kansas equivalent of Colorado. <laughs> Did you – did you know it was going to grow into this no. or it just kind of, it, it's, it's grown as it, Dude, as it's I come, literally, so. so when I first started, I really thought, you know, not after the first lesson, I, when I was doing the first few lessons, it was like hybrid between this is really fun. I still didn't know if I wanted to go play in the CFL or like pursue that. Um, and then also I had a fiance and we had an apartment and you have to pay rent. Sure. Right. You can't live for free. So, um, you know, that it, it, it wasn't, you know, anything other than I think like, wow, this is really fun. And this seems like a, you know, the kids are getting better. I might as well do this. Right. Then go sell insurance. I always joke. Right. That's what I was probably going to do because yeah. I think that's what competitive people do. They get into sales. Um, you see that a lot with, with yeah. former athletes. So, <laughs> yeah. so I um No. A couple, you know, I would say three months into it, I thought this, this could be a really cool job for me. Like I, I always saw it as something that, you know, I could do for a living. Like I could, you know, pay, I could raise a family and we could pay our bills. And, you know, I saw that I did not see that we would have a bunch of full-time employees and like where and that we could scale to different cities and yeah be a a full-blown entity i didn't see company be the ceo yeah i didn't see that that's crazy it is crazy and it's um it just goes to show you that you know the path you're on isn't necessarily you know uh, where you're gonna be right It, it goes to show you that you know my whole life i worked to be a quarterback in the nfl that's all i ever thought about and it turns out like i'm actually way better at at this than I ever was at that. But everything I think you do for, you know, your first goal 
it probably shapes you into preps you into this. Yeah. Yep. Who you're going to be. Yeah. You thought you were going to be go to the NFL and didn't yeah. work out. And then now you're in something that you truly love and yep. it's growing, it's flourishing. So yep. you, so I guess, let's see, you started out training people on the field, throwing yep. footballs, showing people how to do it. And yep. now you're more half and half businessman. Yeah. How does how does that work? You know, are how often are you on the field nowadays? Because you're growing so yeah, so much. I'm you know, sure you miss being out there every single day. But like you said, that's the you, most fun. Yeah, training kids is the yeah. most fun, man. The, and I tell you what, like being around 15 to 18 year olds, like some people hate it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> the dudes are hilarious. They'll teach you about TikTok. I got no idea about TikTok. Oh, yeah. about TikTok. They teach you about, you know, I know way too much about some of our 17 year olds' love life. Like it's just <laughs> oh, not yeah. good. The stuff that I. You know, but they're like hilarious. It's so much fun to be around. So yeah, I wish I could do like what I used to. I wish I could dedicate to just the training side of it. It's just not a reality, and it it's not what. Well, it's it, a it's, it's a good problem. Yeah, it's just not responsible to the guys that have. You know, I find a deep like responsibility in the fact that people like have chose to come and work with our company. I think a lot of times. I don't want to say a lot of times and I don't want to generalize, but there are certain business guys that I've been around that are like their employees, like stress them out or they don't like them. Or it's like, these guys don't work as hard as I do. Like, I don't think people realize like if someone chooses to work at your company and that's like, you know what they're counting on supporting their family with. It's a big, that's a huge responsibility that you have to them to treat them right. And like do all this stuff. And I think that's why, like, we've had a lot of guys that have been here from the beginning. I think a lot of it is because, you know, we're all in this together. I by no means think that like, this ain't me. This is all of us. And I granted, right. When you play a team sport growing up, it's easy to figure that out. You know, as much as I loved being at Fort Lewis, when I throw for a couple hundred yards, like dude, the receivers are the ones catching and running way far. And these guys are the ones blocking, blocking 300 that. pound people. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Right. Like it takes everybody. So I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's part of, you know, why we've had the success. But yeah, you know, my favorite part is the training. Like you mentioned, I, I just, it's not, um, you know, it's not where it's at right now. I would tell you, I spend 80% of my time on business or building curriculum, you know, building how we're going to train or, or this, this, and this, or looking at, um, you know, reviewing lessons and stuff like that. And the other 20% is, um, actually getting out on the field in the field, yeah. which is fun. Which yeah. is most fun. <laughs> How do you even so you started here and you got two locations in Colorado, yep. then you launch in Houston. Yeah. I'm sure Why? I, how? Yeah. How do you why? How do you I, do it? I, that's what we get asked a lot is like, why the hell did you pick Houston? Um so like I if you're cool, I'd I can jump into the business side. We're huge in SEO, search engine optimization. Oh yeah. Right. We think it's um, I think you have to be nowadays. Yeah, we think it's the primary way that our consumers find if you have a if you have a nine year old that wants to play quarterback, what do you do? You search Google. Sure. So for us, we've you know created landing pages across the country with certain keywords to kind of find out where people are searching, and just so happened that Houston was the biggest place for Jenkins Elite getting searched. Now was that because PJ Walker was the quarterback <laughs> for the Roughnecks in the XFL? Probably. Um, one of your, one of your bigger you have clients, the traffic right? Traffic, and you can generate, you know, leads and then sales from there, and and so from the business perspective, you know, that's where it made sense. We have a couple other markets that we'll be announcing at the end of the year that I'm really excited about, um, that we're finalizing, and it's like a 
you know, days away. But I, um, yeah, man, I, Houston was kind of just a no-brainer from that perspective. And then, of course, you know, any time you get down the south, man, it's football country. Yep. And that's, um, you know, I'm, I'm already seeing it. I think with our Houston location, I think one of our first sales was from some guy in, like, Dallas, right? Six hours away, but they're ready to go. And I think that's what makes <laughs> – I think that makes that awesome, right? They're willing to drive – you know, we have people like that too. I shouldn't say that because I have, we have people that drive from Aspen or come in from Nebraska, but you know, it took years to get that. Yeah. So most of your clients, I assume are from around the area, but then you got guys like PJ Walker yep. who come here just to train with you. Yeah. So we have, you know, our Academy, right. Our guys that are training year round, all area guys. We have a couple guys from Wyoming. We have a couple guys from Nebraska, right. That'll drive in because you know, that's what they, that's the value they put on it. And, and we love them and they do great. And we actually have a kid at Kearney Catholic in Nebraska, a podunk town, small town. And he committed to the university of Nebraska. He's oh. like a big time kid, six, five, two twenty, rip the ball. He'll, you know, I think he'll be a first round pick, but what, you know, <laughs> what do I know? But, um, yeah. And then we have guys that we get through NFL draft prep. So agents contract us to, get guys ready for pro day and combine, right? You know, get them on the whiteboard, grill them like a GM's gonna. Um, so, yeah, so we had PJ through the NFL draft prep. Now he comes back every off season. Um, we had a really cool training session this summer with PJ and Emmanuel Sanders was out there running routes and Benny Fowler. And wow. I mean, those dudes are different cats. Man. Yeah, they're, that's a whole new level. They're damn good. So PJ's um, on the Panthers, right? PJ's with the Panthers. Yep. yep. So he's they're number two. And then, you know, we get a bunch of college kiddos from across, you know, we actually, I'll tell you what's crazy. I'll tell you a crazy story. We have college kiddos come in for spring break training. And we actually had a college group in March, right? When COVID's it, it's hot. So the beginning Monday, we start training. No one said anything about, COVID. no one knows COVID. Yep. Tuesday, <laughs> we start learning about COVID Wednesday. The NCAA, the, the basketball gets shut down officially. Yeah. It's when these kids are out here. Thursday morning, they all start getting texts from their college presidents. Don't come back to school. We're going remote. Like we were in like the absolute thick of it. So they all fly out Friday. This just goes to show you the chaos that you never anticipate yep. as a business owner. But then Friday, you know, normally we have normally our office staff has Friday, Saturday off. And then it's kind of Sunday through Thursday is kind of our work week. But Friday, we're like all hands on deck. We got to figure out, are we going to, cause the next group of college kids are supposed to come in. Oh, okay. We're like, what can we do? Cause, and then you remember what it was like at the beginning of COVID when people were like, the national guards going to be on the street. They're not going to let you fly anywhere, yeah. all this stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to end up, Airbnb is going to cancel the home. So I'm going to end up having six college dudes in my basement. Right. Nowhere right? to go. Nowhere to go. Can't go home. So we had to end up canceling the next two weeks. You know, when you look back at it, you think like we probably could have done it. But at the time it was like, oh, yeah, it was insane. So, I, you know, it was uh, looking back. It was just funny to be in the midst of, you know, it, we would have still been in the midst of it as a company. But to see like the college kids go from on a Monday, nothing's going on. They're getting, you know, they're all talking about spring ball starts when they get back, blah, 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 blah. To Thursday, classes are canceled. Don't freaking come back. It yep. was wild. Yeah, it was. It's every conversation has COVID in it nowadays, but something similar happened to me, not with college kids, but I was planning to go see Colton out in Vegas, yep. right? In probably that same week you're talking about, yeah. we had a concert and we had some fights we were going to go watch. 
and I figured they were going to get canceled, but Monday it was like, be cautious. Tuesday was like, travel not advised. Wednesday it was like, is your flight going to go through? And I was like, should I go? Anyways, I went, but I was fine. We were fine. We didn't do a whole lot, laid low. But on the way back, I'm flying out, and I get back to my destination, and people were loading the planes to go back to go to Vegas. But all the properties just announced no, they're closing the hotels. And I'm thinking, are these gonna people gonna have anywhere to go? They're they're getting on the plane. I just got off. It's a one way with Allegiant to go to Vegas. Oh my god. We stayed. We did. We stayed at Colton's place two nights. We did one night on the strip. Yeah. Just to get out. We stayed on a Sunday night. Tuesday night they were closed, and there was a cargo full of people. A plane headed out, and I was like, I don't know if they've told them or if they're honoring the rooms or what. It was. I, I felt really bad. So, it was so chaotic. Yeah. Like, no one knew what the heck was going on. Yeah. It was like, and and then, like, so I don't want to laugh about it. because, But, and then, like, a week later, do you remember getting all the emails from companies? Oh, yeah. That was insane, too. The CEOs. So, we start and, getting all these emails, and we're like, do we need to send an email out? So, we sent an email out. Like, did you? okay, yeah. man, here's what we're going to change. That's really like, funny you brought that up, because, like. <laughs> I would get them from companies I hadn't shopped at in years. Like yeah. Banana Republic was like, your, your shopping is safe with us. Yeah, I'm like, like what? Reebok. They're yeah. like, hey, man, here's, you can still buy our sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> like, who wasn't buying online anyway? So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every place I've ever shopped at sent an email saying safety first. And I was like, this is yeah. ridiculous. Well, and then, it, and then what was crazy was then we, you know, then we had to start really paying attention to the guidelines. Yep. Because then all of a sudden it was like, you know, and this is something that like, again, you know, not political aside, right? This is something that I, I didn't even know was like on the table as a business owner. Here's what I was always prepared for. I was always prepared for a recession, right? You probably remember we went to college in the midst of it, mm-hmm. not went to it. We were like juniors or seniors at the midst of, no, we were, we were going to college. We experienced it. 2008, yeah. 2009, we were going to college. Yep. I remember because my dad lost his job as I'm going to school. Right. So you're thinking to yourself, man, like, am I hurting our, you know, the family or yada, yada. So I've always been ready for a recession, right? Hey, recession hits, you know, we're going to get an influx of calls. We got to figure out how to do right by people, keep the kiddos in the program. And then when they get back on their feet, you know, we get back to normal. I was always ready for something like that. What I was never ready for. And I don't, there's no way any business owner was because it never happened for the government to come in and say, you can't do your job. Yep. But, it, you know, by and large, at the beginning, it looked like the right call. I mean, it was scary. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, man, it was <laughs> it was something that just I don't think anybody was ready for. Yeah. So we started paying attention to the guidelines. And then, you know, then all of a sudden we had to go online for a month. And, you know, thank God a lot of people stuck with us. And, um, and then, you know, you get out of it and you get back on the field. And now, you know, I don't want to say we're normal by no means, right? But, you know, we're – at a point to where our training feels normal. So these kiddos at least have something back in their life where it's like, this is normal. Yeah. You know, they go to two days of virtual school or whatever the heck it's right. I couldn't imagine being 12 or 14 right now. And yeah, my niece, um, she's five. Yep. So it's her first experience with school. Oh yeah. And she's doing it online. And cause I think back in Oklahoma, they had the option. It was like, you can go online or virtual. And they were like, well, let's try the virtual thing just for yep. safety measures. It was like day two. And they're like, she just won't, she's in, she's not in her element. She doesn't yeah. understand she's at home, you know, and 
Kids just don't know. It's weird. Dude, it took me like two months to get used to Google Calls. Yeah. And it's not because I'm like old and can't figure out how to use like the webcam and stuff. Sure. It's just like weird. Well, do you t- I mean, do you take an online class in college? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, most yeah. of the time you catch up on your work and do it all and then you sleep during the class or, you know, you do it at your own pace and yeah. kids are just not, you know, it's hard for them to do that. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure it's It was hard even, for me to do it when I was 20. Right? I'm sure right? it's even harder for the teachers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's adding so much, you know, my my wife's. My mother-in-law is a, like, second grade. She's a school teacher. Now she's a reading specialist. But she's talking about her teammates and how hard it is. And we already take them for granted. Yep. Right? And then it's like, oh, yeah, here, learn how to deliver this content online just in case. And then also be ready to go back in class. I just, you know, I don't know, man. I think it's so so hard. And, you know, the kiddos, too, you just feel for, you know, I – we deal with a lot of high schoolers. We deal with youth too, but we deal with a lot of high schoolers. And you feel for the kids where it's like, you know, prom was their their junior prom was canceled. Their senior homecoming's probably gonna be canceled. And then like, do they do senior prom? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's like again, uh, we all look back and it's like prom was dumb. I agree. I thought it was stupid. I was dumb when I was seventeen. But, but when you really, you're seventeen, you really want it. It's not dumb. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like real rich of us to say like these yeah. are things are stupid well yeah but you also went through them like yeah. graduate it's a stupid I got a thing big you argument about do, graduation yeah. the other day someone was like graduation is stupid anyways it's like dude uh, easy for you to say yeah you you got to do you it. got to do it yeah right at it's the time like, graduation was everything three yeah. years later you're like it's not that cool but yeah. you get you still need to experience yeah. it yep and you and you got to do it i that's what i my hardest thing going through this was seeing us willingly take stuff from these kiddos that we already got to do that yeah. we got to do. And then being on our high horse about how they shouldn't right. care about it. That was my frustration where no matter where you come down on yeah. it or politics or whatever, that was my frustration looking at it. Was it like, I really struggle when someone has something and then tell someone else you don't need it. Yeah. Cause they're, the it's kids like, are, are never going to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. You're never 17 again. Yeah, Colton was telling me. So I I used to have Twitter. I, I don't have it anymore. But he was telling me you're pretty active on there. <laughs> I and was, pretty pretty vocal about the kids playing football yeah. here. Well, they pushed football this spring at first. What do you think about that? Well, I was way against it. I I started. I was a one year starter. I was in high school. In in high school. So you're talking about if you push the spring, I never get offered. I never go to Fort Lewis. I never get a chance to go to the NFL, CFL. I probably don't start this company. Have a huge impact on. I your don't life, know yeah. what my life is like. Yeah. Right. Again. You like to think the best of yourself. I probably still compete, blah, 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 right. But who knows, right? You, you, if you didn't get that opportunity, we'll Especially never know. Especially if you compound my life, right? You know, like we talked about, the recession hits. Your parents go through some hard stuff. Do you, like, and then all of a sudden, if you didn't have football, like, what do you, who are you, right? I don't know who I would be at that point. Yeah, that's a lot of kids' you know? outlets. Yeah, so. so, you know, I was very vocal about it and it wasn't about like covid or the dangers because i'm a quarterback coach and business guy i don't know virus i don't know viruses i'm not going to act like i do i can look at the data and i can make my own assessment but i'm not dude i have no idea about pandemics i just want to say i love that because i have so (laughs) many friends family peers anyone on my face anyone they're I'm like, you realize everyone here talking about it, minus 5% of the people yeah. are not subject matter experts. No. Stop acting like yeah. that. Yeah, they all act like it. My my only, my only The only thing I talked about was that like this is going to negatively impact the kids recruiting. Yeah, you're just all about the kids. Yep. And so anyways, man, I, I battled. I, Governor Polls tweeted at me. <laughs> really? Well, 
<laughs> I don't want to pat my own back, but I'm going to. No, go, go ahead. Because go ahead. what happened was they moved into the spring. Okay, we, everyone was pretty vocal about it being a bad thing. And then everyone kind of adjusted to the idea of spring. Okay. Well, other states start bringing it back, right? Governor Polis at a press conference says, man, we'd love to look at bringing high school football back. So he went back on his word? Essentially, right? But, you know, I think it's being open and awesome, right? If we can do it for the kids, let's do it. Well, then Chassa got blindsided by this, who's our governing body. And then Chassa votes the night the governor says that. They say, oh, wow, we're going to take a look at it. They vote, and they vote it down. They say, don't change. Then comes the, like, finger pointing behind the scenes where I'll get a text from someone who knows the governor's office and says, this is what we gave them. And then Chass is telling me, no, this isn't. And no one will go on the record. Yeah. And so I tweet out one night because I'm just pissed at this point. <laughs> and I say, to be honest, the lack of transparency makes both Chassa and the governor look bad. Neither deserve to be reelected in their positions again, right? Which if you're in politics or chess or whatever, you only probably, your probably only thought process is I want to get back to that, right? Um, or and I shouldn't say it's your only thought process, but it's part of the goals. Anyways, 1130 at night one night, Governor Polis tweets at me and says, the, the transparency thing, he responds and he says, the guidelines we gave them were 50 per team, per sideline. Well, if that's true, we could play. Previously, it was 25 for the whole team, for the whole game. So they just want to cut the roster down. They were going to say you could only have 12 on a sideline. You can't play football. No. Governor Polis tweets out from his personal account, so he can't say it was an intern, right? <laughs> and says, hey, no, 50 per sideline. Well, then Chasso, what I heard, right? Again, this is all hearsay, but Chasso was like, we, we didn't know that. Chasso's like the... The governing body, Colorado High School Athletic oh, Association. okay. okay. So then now with the 50 being out in public, it starts, it was, it started a wildfire. And he's uh, replying to you? He had replied to me. Yeah. It started a wildfire. It was insanity. It was also part of why, uh, you know, I have my own political opinions mm -hmm. and I'm never going to push them on someone else because if there's one thing I learned about being on Twitter and something that became political, right? Being COVID. Right. It, it, both sides have accounts with no name or profile picture that are terrible, terrible people hiding behind like... Like the, the Kevin Durant? Yeah. Do you see right? that? Like the burner account. Yes, the burner. Both sides have it. I don't want to hear about, oh, our side doesn't have it. You bo Both sides have it. I, oh, they're yeah. in my mentions. It was terrible. With that being said, Chassa goes back, revisits. You know, now we get to a point where actually this Friday, this last Friday, was the first week of high school football in Colorado. So the kids are playing the fall. It's back. It's back. Just it's a back. condensed season. The condensed season, they're playing six or seven games. Kind of like, play like the Big Ten and the Pac-12? Yeah, okay. They're playing. Nice. They're I didn't playing. know that. I tell all the kids, I say, you can write me your thank you note whenever <laughs> you want. But, no, man, I, you know, and that's part of where I think, like, that's part of where I think the idea that, like, politics is, like, you know, this, like, crazy thing where we have to pick sides. Like, Governor Polis, you know, he made a great decision to bring it back. I wish it wouldn't have taken so long. Yeah. But like, yeah, I give credit where credit is due. Well, and I like how you just stuff. said, you know, you're, you're like, how did COVID get so political? And you're like, I, I don't really care. You're like, I'm just looking out for my kids. What's best I for them? I literally just wanted them to play. Yeah. And, and then people like would respond and be like, you're just trying to kill kids for profit. <laughs> and it's like, okay, 
this is what I started saying on Twitter a bunch too. Like there were a bunch of like me dunking on dumb people and a lot, <laughs> a lot of people like that. And dunking. it was fun. I like was getting some good like energy out from being sheltered <laughs> in place. But, um, you know, what I was super transparent about was like, people were like, oh, I get it. it hurts your business. Dude, it helps my business. When they don't play, they train. I make money off training. I'm not going to hide. Like, I'm not going to act like I'm like this charity case. We charge for our service. With that being said, I'm still arguing to bring football back. Right. Because that's what our kids need. I feel like you would be an advocate to play football no matter if you were selling insurance. I'd rather lose. I I tell, I I would rather, I will never put a dollar over my soul. And the right thing was for the kids to play. So I'm not going to sit there and say, oh yeah, you guys got it right. And I'll just cash in until the spring. Yeah. It's just wrong. So, you know, I, and it. It was it was insane though to see like how crazy it's gotten and you know the the, the fundamental beef I had with the whole thing was it, you know they didn't push all sports to the spring they pushed football they were playing softball they were playing basketball. golf they were playing cross country they were gonna play basketball in January it's like if it's not safe if it's not safe I'm good with that if that's your guys if that's what they believe and they want to push every sport to the spring I can get the logic. When you just push one because it's scary because people tackle. What about what about the out. the ridiculousness of the NFL playing? Everything is normal. Yeah. Minus limited fans. Yeah. But they're not letting them do the jersey swaps. It How just, does that make any sense? Where, like, and this is where, this is where I, <laughs> this is where I don't understand because there are really smart people I'm around, people that I'm talking like, are way smarter than me you know, guys that can go do surgeries and this stuff that I could never be qualified for that like are banging the table for these policies that I don't think are logical. Like if it's not safe to swap a Jersey, how is it safe safe to to dap somebody up? Right. Like after the game, then, okay, you should just go to the locker room after the game, but no, we're going to dap each other up, but we can't then swap the Jersey. Yeah, there's like, this deal what? like like uh, Stephen Gilmore from the Patriots, a cornerback. Yeah, he tested positive, and then yep. they were like, he was seen shaking Patrick Mahomes' hand after the yep. game. Yeah, it's like, what's the difference in that? In and yep. in yeah, it's and ridiculous. Between, hey, Mahomes, here's my jersey. We uh, the dude's gonna frame it anyways. Not that like he's gonna lick it. Yeah, you're not gonna lick the jersey after the game. Oh, right? this looks awesome. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, you tackled him 16 times. Yeah. Like, what's yeah? It's <laughs> we were. Uh, well, I'm excited to hear that high school football's back because my wife and I. Uh, we just like to watch live football, yep. and you're not going to a college or a pro game anytime yep. soon. Yep. Um, I don't know what the rules are around attendance. I have no idea. Yeah. I know that I, we live right next to Echo Park Stadium where a bunch of our kids play. And so one of my guys had played up there last week, and I wasn't allowed. To, they were like, no, it's just parents this week. And so who knows what it turns into. You know, I'm just happy these kids are playing. I'm happy they're around their teammates. My biggest fear was we weren't realizing that we're taking this after-school activity away from young men who are going to be going through really hard stuff are going to be turning to more and more social media, which like, dude, I'm 29 and I get on social media and I feel like a terrible person <laughs> or I feel mad at somebody that I've never met. Yep. Like that, you know, again, for every good, it's done a lot of good. I'm not one of those guys who's like all anti this, right? There's some good stuff that's come from it, but we got to be real about, you know, the negative effects of it. Yeah. yeah. Or like when you get on Instagram and then all of a sudden three hours go Uh, by, you're calling me out, man. It's brutal. I mean, like I, 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 you know, right when the screen time thing came out, I started doing the like, Hey, you know, you can only have this much of it. 
And dude, it'd be like, yeah, I, I, I wake up freakishly early. I like wake up at four forty-five and like do my workout and, you know, I try to be like Jocko. You're like, yeah, say so you're he's a Jocko a guy. Yeah, four thirty. Put but, your watch up. Yeah, he's just an animal, and I post my watch every morning after a workout. Do you? I do. Nice. I, I do it because I do it because the kids talk crap to me if I don't on Sunday. You got that accountability. Yeah. Nice. So I do it all week and then I go there and I talk to them about how much better I am than they are. And they <laughs> laugh, and, you know, but no, I, uh, you know, I have that whole thing, but when I started the like, uh, screen time thing, dude, it'd be like six 30 in the morning and I would have hit my limit. Yeah. You know, and I set a limit like, you know, Hey, I want to be, I don't want to be on so all this. I don't want to be on social media for more than 20 minutes in a day. When you look at what 20 minutes a day is, it's a lot of like, days of your life when you add it up it really is and it goes by like nothing when you're on these platforms it's just like yeah man i there's a lot of good but there's a lot of bad anyways i i was i was worrying about these kiddos because they're going to do two days of virtual school they're not going to see their friends they're you know homecoming is going to be taken away they're then going to not be able to play football like you're going to unfortunately i mean this is what i kept telling people and if i ever got asked by a decision maker i said unfortunately Social media is going to be the healthiest thing they're going to turn to. That's what we have to realize. So we all think social media is not this great thing. That's going to be the healthiest option. That's like the best choice. Yep. Yeah. So we could start to talk about the not healthy options, sure. right? And to me, it's like, what do, do we want to expose these kids to, you know, possibly contracting this virus, playing football, or like, you know, turning to places that also provide a family atmosphere, Right. That just so happened that you like, you know, deal drugs and, and shoot people. Sure. Like we act like these kids are like in these bubbles that it's like they just won't leave because we tell them not to. Like, do you remember being 17? Yeah. My dad would be like, don't go see that girl. I was going to do anything I could. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like she was hot. You know, that's like how life worked. It, it, when you're 17, you don't listen to anybody. You have to go figure out it on your, you have to go figure it out on your own because you're dumb. We're, yeah. I'm still dumb. Right. Someone will tell me don't do that. And, <laughs> You know, you're like, I got to try it first to see. They bring the, you know, it's the hot plate. Yeah. The Mexican. Oh restaurant. my God. They bring it to you. It's Don't so touch true. the plate. It's hot. You have to touch it. Yeah. Your hand, they say hot plate and you just still grab it. You're like, what? <laughs> you just told me <laughs> every time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm happy they brought it back. Cause that was my fear. My fear was, you know, we start to have then two and a half hours after school. That's unaccounted for, you know, even the kid, you know, there's some kiddos that are fortunate to have a parent home and there's others that both parents are working and, to think that these kiddos are just going to go home after school and just sit down and do their homework is a tough sell. It's a perfect world. Yep. It's but a perfect it's not world, reality. And I wish that would happen. Yep. Right. But if there's anything I've learned and my kid, my oldest is only four being a parent. If there's anything I've learned, it's never a perfect world. <laughs> right. My four year old will wake up one day and he'll be great. And then my two year old daughter will decide today is the day. Today's <laughs> the day I'm going to burn this house. Down. Right. Uh, and then our six week old will start screaming. So it's like, it's just not perfect. These, they, they have a mind of their own. They're insane. And you know, I, being a parent, I, I know, uh, can I say it? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to, I know you're going to be one soon. It, I did tell the, the world. It's the most fulfilling thing on planet earth. Um, you know, my wife and I were believers. I, I really think it's your purpose when you first hold them for the first time, you know, not to be ooey gooey, but you feel completely different yeah. about, uh, the stuff that you thought mattered. Like you thought when you threw a touchdown or you did this was cool and it's not. Your perspective just 180. Yeah. Um, you know, but they're hard and they're not going to listen to you. And they're, 
they're definitely not going to listen to you when they're 17. Sure. Um, so is that the bulk of your clientele? Is it, is it? Yeah. You know, the bulk kids, of our, you seem to have a passion for kids. Yeah. The bulk, of love, our, so. the bulk of our business is, I would tell you fourth graders to seniors in high school, the bulk of our business. We do have the random like second grader who will train. Right. And it's not one of those, like he's out there be, you know, wait a second grader. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say that. We probably have like third? a third grader or whatever. That's still, that's impressive. It's very young. That's an investment. It's very young with the exception of like, you should see our evaluation process. These kids that make it through that, they're not like the third grader you think of. Our training isn't like the hybrid of training and a daycare, right? Like our coaches are tough. They're not daycare. If you're bringing them out there for childcare, your kid's not <laughs> going to make it, right? They, you're, one of my favorite stories, one of my first kids ever was Austin Majeski, right? You'll have no idea who he is. In six years, you will. Okay. He's a, he, I, I think he's incredible. I started working with him when he was a second grader, right? Wow. Everyone thought I was insane. The kid just like could listen and stood still and like could do every drop. So I'm you just out there. Kind of got that it factor. Yeah, I'm out there with a high school coach who was one of my mentors at the time. And uh, there's this divide between high school coaches and private trainers that used to exist. We've bridged that and we have a lot of really good relationships now. But when I first started, the divide was still there. And this high school coach is jokingly, because Austin's out there, and at the time he's like a third grader, and uh, he's, you know, like, oh, man, you got to be careful because a lot of people will think all you're in it for is the money then. And I said, okay, that's fair. Austin, come over here. And I said, hey, Austin, if we're throwing sluggo to the boundary, what is your footwork? He goes, well, it's three plus two, right, which is a three-step drop. You're going to pump fake, and you're going to kick back for two. Something I didn't know until I got to the NFL. Okay. And, but we're teaching these kids as young as we can because the mission originally started as – there was so much stuff I was trying to learn as a 24-year-old, right, that you can't learn when you're 24 and competing for a job for millions of dollars. You got to learn it earlier. Should have been way down yeah. the road or yeah. way back. Yeah. And then um, and then, um, and the coach's like, oh, awesome. And the coach's like, what coverage do you like again? He's like, well, he's like, I'm only going to throw sluggo against off safety. Why would I throw it against press? Like double move against the press doesn't make sense. And the coach is like, oh, yeah. And he's like, and then – once we do the, once we pump on three, we're going to kick back and we're going to hold the safety and then we'll get back out there because the receiver's job is to beat the corner. And then Austin like goes back to training. And I'm wow. like, so what do you think, man? Are just <laughs> the money? Wow. Like to me, it was one of those things where it was like, I get the perspective, right? Like it seems crazy, but like we're not – the second grader you have in your head, we're not going to take him. We're going to tell the family, hey, come back in two years. Gotcha. The freak that's ready to train, like – that just you, you just said that was a second grader. Kids. That sounded like you were talking to John Gruden. Dude, he's insane. Like that's what <laughs> that's my favorite crazy. part about it is he's you know we were teaching him stuff that you know his coaches joke about now, right? And he's only like a seventh. No, he's an eighth grader now. And his coaches joke about it. they're like, dude, we don't know more than him. We just want to survive. <laughs> that's insane. Right? But he, you know, listen, he, we we they our kids get coached off of NFL film. They get coached off a bunch of stuff and. You know, it's everything I, I joke about. It's everything I wish I would have had when I was young and developing. And <clears throat> well, I wish I would have had access to it, and, and now they do. I have a ton of friends who are high school coaches. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't know anything about coaching football. I'm a yep. huge fan, but uh, one of my buddies coached at a really good high school football team back home in Oklahoma called yep. Union. Um, yep. They're always like a top 25 team in the nation. Yep. They played uh, several teams. That, they played Hoover, Alabama. They yep. used to be on the TV I show. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, remember so that was, TV show. Yeah, they played Hoover. <laughs> Um, they always played some of the top teams in Texas, but anyway, really good program. 
but my buddy is was an eighth grade coach there okay. and he'd been around and uh you know coaches move around so anyways yeah. he tells me he gets there and he coaches eighth grade but he says are the head coach there now or probably the whole program because they've yeah. been good for years but he's like we run the same plays in high school as our third graders do yeah. our fourth grader he's like it's the same thing so these fourth graders are going through fifth sixth seventh and eighth they get to high school and it's like coloring to them. Yep. They're like, they oh, yeah, we're doing this. He's like, you know, I, I mean, I played, and then, of course, Colton played and all that. You go to yep. every year's different. He's like, these, the fourth graders and the high schools, high schoolers could talk to each other, yep. and it would be fluid. I think and that's, that's why they're so, so good. Yeah. I think that's so cool when you have that kind of program structure. What's really funny is I did an interview the other day, and they asked, you know, the guy was just like, hey, I have, you know, just a theory question for you, which is we often say, like, you know, the, that program has it right. That coach has, you know, it, he's like, what is it? It's organization and core values, right? They're organized and they've decided one of their core values. We're going to teach everything all the way through. I just think that's all it is, right? You set up with a great process and you're going to develop a great organization. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure what happens to them is what happens around here, which is where everyone says, Oh, they recruit. That's why they're good. Yeah. No, they're good because They've created a process that wins, and that's why people want to go there. And they don't have to recruit. The kid shows up because he wants to go be a part of a winning culture. Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, look at the Patriots. It yep. seems like every year, no matter who they plug in that system, they're probably going to win 10 games a minimum, yep. no matter who's there. Yep. Brady went down. I can't remember whose backup was. Um, Matt Castle. Castle. Castle comes in. 11-5, and five, they make the playoffs as a wild card. Yep. Worst case scenario, you make the wild card. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. It, it just goes to show you what – I think good leadership, what have being organized, what communicating values. I, I, it just goes to show you that that's it's applicable. It's applicable to anything, right? Whether it's you planning your family household, right? Like what are like who are you know? My wife and I always are like who are the Jenkins, right? What like what, <laughs> what are, are our about? standards, yeah. right? What do we, you know, what do we want to instill in our kiddos? Like, you know, it's 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 you know. People joke about it, right? Like you're the guy in Step Brothers, the crazy family that took the singing lessons, right? <laughs> but you know, it, is that the Jenkins? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a good singer. You haven't had a car in five years. <laughs> I also don't like, you know, yell at my wife very much. She's usually like giving me the business. But no, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like I think there's something about just like you know, even if you're just a guy, just writing down like what are you about? What's your priorities? Like. You know, who are you? Like, what's your mission? Sure. And if you don't know, awesome. Let's find it. Yeah. Get, get to work. You know, I, I, I have a lot of buddies and I, I, I think this is kind of like, uh, I don't want to sound like an old guy. Right. But I think this is kind of our generation. We're getting like, there. We're f- like, Hey man, what do you, you know? Oh, I'm just trying to figure it out, you know? And, and we don't want to have an opinion on anything and we don't want to, you know, offend anyone. And it's like, your opinion can't, in my opinion, can't offend anyone right it's just we all have different ideas on how to get it done and it's okay yeah man it's so weird this like weird thing going on where you like disagreeing with someone is like the end like oh like dude i've been seeing it on facebook where it's like again both sides but it's like i'm unfriending any trump supporter or i'm unfriending any biden support it's insane that you can't disagree with someone i want to go back and screenshot you a picture of my post because i'm notorious on facebook for like talking about how i hate politics and i hate how people are that way and that's why i hate it and i've I've said that before i'm like if i i put a status it was probably years ago or a year ago but i was like 
if you start your Facebook status by I'm unfriending you if I'm like, I want to like, yeah, why? I don't get it. I don't get it because it's like people are losing friendships over yeah. the dumbest things. And if they actually sat down like this and talked, it'd probably be over half an hour. And here's the other thing. And I don't want to act like I've met like Joe Biden or president Trump, but when you start meeting powerful people to think that they really like care about you a ton <laughs> right. is a tough sell. You know, it's just like, mm, man, you people don't realize that. Think that like we're all in this together much more than we think. And I just I don't know, man. I, you know, like, listen, I have my own political opinions, like my, my wife and I. And I just like it just discourages me. And it's just to me, think of running a company like that. You know, to, we're, we're actually going to do our annual plan session tomorrow. Right. Nine of us will be in here and talk about the future of our company, where we're going, yada, yada, yada. Imagine if I started the meeting as who are you voting for? I would no, no. Imagine if like, this is how we debated ideas was I want to do this. And if you disagree with me, I'm going to fire you. Yeah. That's how politics are. Right. If, if you're going to vote for this person, I'm unfriending you. That just means that your ideas aren't good. Like debate your ideas and don't be hurtful about it. Right. Like you don't have to call someone, a racist or a socialist or whatever, 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 just debate the idea fundamentally. And then like, I have this real opinion that like, if someone really is one of those like words we're slapping on people, they're going to show it. Sure. Like, uh, trust me, I've been around people that like aren't great people or were raised in a time where it was like, we preached not the right stuff. (laughs) Right. Right. They don't let you know. They're not going to hide behind and, and never show it. Uh, every single person I've been around, no matter what their belief, if, if it's a negative belief, it comes out at some point. Sure. You're going to find out. You don't have to unfriend them because they voted for someone. Yeah. They're going to show it to you. That made me think about, I think it was, I can't remember if the election was over or if it was about to start, but my wife and I were in California, went to a comedy club and the guy started out, he was like, Hey, where are my Trump guys at? And then, uh, he said, where are my, you know, my Hillary people are at my Clinton. And then they had all these cheers and all that. And he said, congratulations neither of those people would piss on you if you were on fire he's like <laughs> he's like now we're he's like we're moving on with that so no, I, I i just think it you know I, and i just think it's like you know weird to see us kind of you know it's weird to see us turning on each other that's what i think is weird over ideas that a lot of stuff none of us will actually run into in our lives yep um so we're debating theoretical ideas about theoretical people that we've never met or never will. And it's just, you know, it's strange. And we're coming up with things that, you know, rubbed us the wrong way from a certain time. And that's why I'm not going to like this person. It's like, man, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff we have to work on uh, as a country. There's a lot of stuff we have to work on as humans. But, you know, I, I don't want to, like, get crucified for saying this. But, like, I think we live – there's a reason a lot of people want to come here. Like, I wake up every day, like, thankful – that like, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I try to like, you know, talk about the things I'm thankful for, right? My family and opportunity to do some stuff, you know, and, you know, listen, my dad came from, my dad came from a terrible upbringing. My dad came from, you know, uh, ab- abusive parents and eight brothers and sisters. And, you know, every time the mortgage payment came due, you just moved because you're not going to pay it. You know, not mortgage, right? The rent. The rent, yeah. Um. And then he got himself to Highlands Ranch, Colorado, right? Which is, you know, a really nice suburb. And it's like, we call it the bubble, you know, nothing bad happens. So it's like, 
you know, it, it's always hard for me when then people talk about, you know, yeah, or, you know, I have a buddy who's like, man, I, you know, I can't do it. It's stacked against me. It's like, dude, you grew up next to each other. You have two parents at home. You're like your family's in like the top 10% of America. Yeah. Center in the world. Yeah. Right. Like there's a lot of people who don't have water. What do you mean you can't do it? Yeah. So I just think it might be a little harder, but you got to get after it. Yeah. I just think, it's. oh, there's, there's no doubt that some people are up against it. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a buddy who always says, you know, he's, he always says just because you're up against it, isn't an excuse to stay in the dugout. Right. When you're coming to run it, right. If life is running the bases. And I think it's something powerful that like, there's no doubt, man, there are people that start on third base. Right. There's, there are people that are born into royalty in this world. Yep. Like real royalty. You can do whatever you want. You're a king. It's insane. And then there are people that are born with like nothing in a terrible home. But, you know, I think that's what's so cool is those people oftentimes like go and do amazing things. You know? Yep. Like look at some of the story. Like Deshaun Watson talking about like. Oh, yeah. His story's cool, man. Yeah. He's a quarterback in the NFL, and he's having a huge impact on people. Yeah. He, That's uh, so cool. Was it Warwick Dunn was the yeah. one who built his house with yeah. uh, when he was growing up as a kid because he lived in Atlanta? That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool story. Thing. And now he's building houses. Yep. That's incredible. That's what we need to do. We need to look out for each other. Yeah. Not like think that this person who we're going to vote for is going to do it for us. I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah, it's not. I think they're going to do they're going to try to do what's right for a majority of the country. But if we're really going to care about each other, you just go across the street and care about somebody. Yeah, I don't think anyone really talks to their neighbors anymore. No. I, I mean, you know, we, we joke. We think we have a throwback neighborhood. Like, It's old school, per se. Man, like everybody – like I know my neighbors. That's we're, good. We're outside. I, I was just talking to Kevin across the street and Tyler, and we're, we're talking about like, hey, man, I'm putting up Christmas lights November 1st. I got the A, right? <laughs> Our kids are all playing. I, You know, I, I think it's like – there's not a lot of that going on right now, go so that's really to good to hear. That's what I think weirds me out about the social media and then the hatred is it's like you've sat on Twitter, you've looked at videos of people you'll never meet, and Twitter uh, gave them to you because you're going to have a negative reaction about it Yeah. because they know your political stance. Oh, yeah. And so you're so worked up that then now your brother, who just so happens to be of the other party, you're going to pick a fight with at dinner who you haven't seen. Why? Like neither of you, the, the, here's what always, I always tell everybody I'll hear like a debate and it'll get heated and then it'll get personal and they're debating about something that will literally let's, let's say 99% probably not happen to either of them. Yep. It's all hypothetical. So what are you debating? You're debating an idea and you're mad at each other and you're going to say, Oh, your mom sucks. Right? <laughs> like, it's like, what are you doing? I don't know, man. It weirds me out, but I don't know. I guess that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it stops. Hopefully after November we can like all chill out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. We, we've got like four more weeks, then hopefully people will be a little better, but who knows. Uh, I was going to ask you, do you have any kids in Colorado Springs that you're coaching? Or, or? Yeah. Uh, we that uh, we have uh, Luke McAllister. So he's at Palmer Ridge. Okay. Um, which isn't Colorado Springs Monument. Because um, he's actually committed to CSU. Okay. So he's a Colorado State commit. Um, we have Kale Cormany at Rampart. Um, if we can, my wife and I would like to go watch a game. Well, we should all do. We should back, just get so. together, go to a game. Yeah, we'll go to a good game if we can. If we'll, we'll find a way. Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet poll us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were talking before we got on about kids going D one. Yep. I wanted to have you talk on that for just a little bit about 
Is that is are your kids yep. like that? They come in and they think they're good. And they're like they have to go D one. Are you like, hey, there's opportunities D two, D three, D one, double A. I feel prepped for this. Is what's cool is I I answered this question before because you're I, you were D two guys. Yeah, so. I don't. We don't have that problem of false expectations because early on I identified that. Listen, there's this issue in 2014 when I first started doing this. There was this fundamental issue in our in my industry. In my industry, there's some. Uh, not great people in my opinion. Okay. Right. They tell kid, they, you have a kid, they come to train, you tell them, Oh, this kid's going to be great. He's not, he sucks. And you tell the parent that, that he's going to be great. And the parent watches him get better because if you practice, you'll get better. We can get really good at being bad. Okay. And if you don't believe that, just go look at your buddy's golf swing. Who's beating you, (laughs) but he's beating you with a horrendous golf swing. He's just gotten good at a horrendous golf swing. Right. Let's be honest. Good at a bad habit. He's gotten really good at being bad. So, but if you were to put him in like, let's say a tournament over four days, it would never hold up. Right. But he's good enough to take some money off of you on Saturday. Right. <laughs> That's what I joke about. So this happens, right? The kid gets a little bit better. He gets a little bit better. And then he never really breaks through because one, he probably didn't have the floor to begin with. And then two, we're not training him the right stuff. We're kind of in it for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. I identified that as our biggest issue because that would that eroded the trust from parents and it also eroded the trust from high school coaches because then the parents telling the coach, hey, this guy says he's good, he's not, right? That was a majority of the negative feedback I got from high school coaches was like, hey, man, you know, I, we appreciate what you're doing, but, you know, we've had these experiences in the past. When I realized that that was our issue, we started getting – unbelievably data driven. So we have this sleeve called the modus sleeve. You put it on, it gives us six different data points on you. We could tell you your fingertip velocity, your arm slot, how much it varies, your arm speed. We could tell you how much torque you have on your elbow. You're going to hurt your elbow. You study this with these kids? Yeah. Well, that's we, ridiculous. So in a good the way, first thing they do when they come to an evaluation for us as a quarterback. Seriously. Yep. It's the wow. first thing we get them in the modus sleeve and we test all this. The reason for it is I didn't want our company to be the place where it was like, I think my kid's getting better. What I wanted was a month-to-month contract. You want to prove it. So you fire me at any time, and here's the data to back up how your kid's getting better. And then what this creates is it creates this bell curve because we work with D1, D2, NFL guys. I know what the ranges have to be. So what it helps is it helps us set expectations. A parent comes in and their kid tests at 52 fingertip velocity. Well, here's where he is. He's in the 30th percentile of his class or whatever. Finger, fingertip velocity? Yep, fingertip velocity. Right? I'm mind-blown by this, this stats. This is crazy. So for me, it's like, listen, we, you know, here's where he's at. If you think your kid in the 80th percentile, right, is going D1, you have a problem, <laughs> right? So for us, we've never had that false expectation because we can be up front with the data, you know, and say like, hey, listen, here's where your kid is. We always equate this data to the floor the same way that on average an NBA player is 6'4 or 6'6. That doesn't mean if you're 6'8 you're going to the NBA, but that's the threshold. So we view it as the threshold, right? You have to have this fingertip velo to have a shot. And then from there, it's about skill development. You know, did you really get a good shot in high school? What I think is broken about the D1, D2 current mindset, there's two things. One, we have kids thinking you get recruited to your skill level. You don't, right? You get recruited to your skill level and what kind of opportunity you had. You know, was there, if there was a D1 kid in front of you until you were a senior, it's going to be really hard to go D1. You only have one year of film. Sure. Right? That's not your fault. That's how it shook out. Just a circumstance, yeah. Right? I, I, I went to Fort Lewis College. 
right? I end up as the in the NFL. I played in a preseason game, regardless of you know. Some people are like, "Oh, that doesn't count." Well, it's hard to do, right? I don't think I was a D two kid, right? In theory, you know, yeah. you don't go to the NFL if you were, but we all get recruited to. You don't get recruited to your skill level. There's plenty of guys that play D three that end up and have ten year NFL careers. So it's important for a kid to realize that, like, just because I go to a D2 school or I go to a D3 school or I go to an NAI school, that's not necessarily my skill level. It's how it shook out for the recruiting process. The, uh, and, and I still have everything in front of me to go get, right? That's the one, the, the one issue I see. The other issue is I just see it from a parent perspective. Becoming the D1 athlete is the new my kid's a doctor or my kid's a lawyer, Right. It's like cool to say at a dinner party. And we need to, as adults, realize if my if my dinner party coolness factor is based on what my kid's doing, I'm not cool. Yeah, you're right. Vicariously I need to through like kid. figure out, you know, like what about the celebrity that uh, faked the ACT scores? Did you see that? Yeah. 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 The, the actress Again, like it's like it's but it's not it's not surprising when you start to. It's sad when you start, you know, it's not surprising when you overhear or you're a part of some conversations where there's, you know, you could be at a, you could be at a dinner with someone and they'll never touch on like, you know, what they do, like what they're passionate about, you know, what they love about their spouse, you know, their faith. And again, it doesn't have to be like, you know, hey, is my faith in Jesus? Like whatever their faith is, yeah. right? Everyone has a different thing that they they hold, right? Um, it, you could go through a two-hour dinner and never touch on that. All they talk about is who they know, or they met this person this one time, or like my watch or my car, or it's like and like. Listen, I'm not gonna act like I'm perfect. I I have those same things where it's like, you know, man, I'll see a new Audi and it's like that's sick, yeah, right? Or a Tesla. I want to try that. I don't want to drive. I want to fall asleep. But, you know, I, I think we're, we're, we're losing substance. And when you start to lose substance, you know, it's not surprising that someone pays to get a test taken for their kid to get into a school because they want to go to dinner and say, guess where my kid got into. But again, like, dude, <coughs> if someone starts a conversation with like, here's who I know or guess what, you know, someone I know did. I immediately think to myself, you're not cool. <laughs> like, tell me something about you. Like, what do you, what gets you going? Like, what are you passionate about? Right. You know, like when we first started talking and I'm not going to lie, I don't want to like stroke your ego, but like your passion for this is sick. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. Do you it. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that's what makes us like innately cool and like can connect to each other is you, when you talk to someone like, you know, I'm passionate about this. And I think it's like, I also think it's what's refreshing when you hear some, you know, we, we joked about Rogan before this, right? Like there's a reason people listen to people that are just genuine and honest. They don't always say what you agree with, Yep. but you at least know they're not BSing you, right? You know, they ain't lying to you. Yeah. What, what I liked about you when I <clears throat> listened to that podcast you did about six months ago was you talking about how you try to be real intentional with your time yeah. and then how, how you're admitting you're like, Hey, I get caught up in stuff sometimes. Yeah. I've, you know, waste time or I, I, you know, I get braggy or kind of get sidetracked, but you're really focused. You're like, I get up in the morning, I do these things and I try to be better and try to like, you know, what do I stand for yeah. or what do I really want to be about and not get caught up in everyone's mix. So I, and to be transparent, like it wasn't like always like that. Yeah. It's not easy. There was an early, like when I first started training, like I was so consumed with what people thought of me as a coach. 
right? Like it, it, I probably started to try to be intentional about it and find more like substance in my life because I like woke up one day and I was like, why in the world do I care if I have followers on Instagram? Like, you know, I think everyone would be lying if they, if they didn't yeah. say that when you put up a picture, if you don't have some likes, you're yeah. like, Hey, is it, what's wrong? What the heck's wrong. Yeah. And it's like, why you like it? We all, we all have to remember, like, and you know, I did this, dude, I did it months ago when I just was joking about dunking on people. <laughs> it was fun because everyone would be like, oh, you're a savage. You know, it was fun. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you, you need to take a step back at yourself and at least realize like, what are you doing it for? You're doing it for that pat on the back. Right. Right. So as long, I, I think as long as you can be honest with yourself, but I just think it's dangerous to get consumed in like, you know, Things that don't matter and what's always so funny and I tell everybody this like if anyone asks me like man I want to start this business and this is what I want like you know I want to make this or I want to do this if you start with that in mind you'll never get it I never thought about like making money you know what I mean and like we have a big company now we do okay right like you can't start with like a, a not substantial Nothing will grow if it's not like substance that you start with. That's yeah. my opinion, right? If you start with like, you know, you see it with girls all the time, right? Where there's like, you know, like a girl will post a picture, a scandalous picture, and it's like she has like a hundred followers. And it's like, well, why are you doing that? You're like starting with like the end result in mind of you want a bunch of followers. Yep. Like, why should, like, you know, get a reason for someone to follow you. And then like all this other stuff will come. I just think like, I don't know. I just think we sometimes start with frivolous stuff. Oh, yeah. And st- it's hard to it's hard to stick it out. If your end game is something frivolous, it's easy to give up. Oh yeah. If your end game is like, you know, for us, right? We want to, you know, we have a we have a company goal of we want to be publicly traded one day. I did. I, I did hear you say that. It would be insane, right? No company's ever done it from like a sports training perspective. Um, that's our company goal. Our actual substance is to have the most impact on kids. Well, how do you do that? You scale, right? That's the only way to have the most amount of impact. So for us, it's like, if I think if it's rooted in substance, I think you have a shot. doesn't mean you're going to get it. Stuff's hard, unpredictable. We might get seven more pandemics and then everyone's out of business. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, you, you never thought, as you said, that you'd have four or five launches no. in different cities and no. you know, be no. the CEO of this company yeah. I when, thought- when you started out on a field and yeah. you know, nowhere, Colorado for 25 bucks. And now you're, you know, you got I a would, salary. I literally thought I would never, I had this like really hard thought process one day that I'm never going to be at my kid's game. Cause I'll always be doing lessons on Saturday. <laughs> it's like, man, that's going to suck if I have to miss those. Right. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the big man works out. The big man upstairs worked it out to where it's, you know, who knows, who knows what's going to happen in 12 years, but you know, it looks as if I'll be able to take a couple Saturdays off and go watch him play. Yeah, so, man. I, um, yeah, I, you know, but I also, you know, I just think treating people right, starting with substance, you know, figuring out who you are. I, I don't want to act like I'm like this crazy, like self-help person, but I like, I'm like into those books. I don't think there's a shame in it. Like I like to read them. No, I do too. I I think think you got it. I think you absorbed the information. Well, I think it's tough if you, I, I, you know, it's always a slippery slope. Don't take it as gospel, right? Someone's the way they pulled themselves out in their entire blueprint's not going to be for you. But man, if you take something from somebody each time, you're eventually going to have the blueprint for you. And I think it's like, you know, people always joke like, man, I don't want to 
I don't want to read that self-help junk. It's like, dude, what, what do you mean? You'd rather watch, you know, Stranger Things? Like, how does that help you? Yeah, that's something I actually not struggle with, I guess. But So I read a lot of self-help books as well. And back to what I was telling you, sometimes I would limit my – it's like all or nothing. I'm like yep. – like I read um, – I can't remember. The, it was by Aubrey Marcus who was on it. Yep. Yep. I read his book, and I when I read it, I was like – I read it like it was like a like a rule book or a guideline. I was yep. like, I have to do everything Aubrey Marcus does, yep. or I'm going to do nothing. Yep. Like he's like, when you get up in the morning, do 25 push-ups and take a big chug of water. Yep. And then if I woke up and I didn't do it, I'm like, well, I'm not going to exercise. Today's you know. done. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, like you said, I I don't have to follow this rubric. I'm like, yep. just take a piece from here, take a piece from Draco, yep. take yep. a piece from David Goggins, who's insane. Yep. Stuff oh, like that. Him. Yeah. I love him. I do think it's. I think you're right. I, I you know. I find myself doing that a lot where if I'm really into a book, it's like I, I find it a lot with our company because I think like currently with like uh, I view every self-help of like optimizing me, like how can I get the most out of me? And like right now I feel like I'm like getting the <laughs> at night when I lay down, I'm like, dude, I get I, I did my 100 percent. I got my <laughs> bandwidth in. Right. Like, what is it? It's like eight to eight forty. Right. Like we've been I've been going nonstop since like four forty five. We had a bunch of calls. So I feel like I'm optimized there where I find myself doing that with the implementation is like our company. Okay. If I like read a book and it's like Steve jobs wrote it, I'm like, Oh God, I want to run a company like Apple. Right. Right. But dude, they're a tech company. Right. You, and it's always like good to have that perspective. Like you're saying of like, take this from this person, this from this person, you know, and then at the same time, let yourself off the hook, man. I, I want to wake up at four 45 every morning. I, I'm not going to, you could ask my wife. There's times if I wake up at six, like she'll tell I don't do it as much anymore. I've like calmed down, but there were times when like, if I woke up at six, I'd be like, you just beat yourself freaking up banging our dresser, <laughs> like slamming it shut. Cause I was so mad at myself because I felt like I lost all this time. And then you quickly realize that dude, you know, you got to sleep in and take your body a, a certain way. If you, if it's overslept the nine alarms you set, you needed it. Right? <laughs> right. So I also feel like I found this life hack and I don't want to be this guy to shortcuts. It's not a shortcut. But have you heard of the Ruggy alarm clock? No. I but tell you, I do need a new alarm clock. I'm so be I'm interested. sponsored by them one day because right. I, I've been nonstop talking about them. The Ruggy alarm the clock. The Ruggy alarm clock. It's a alarm clock, old school, where it's like, but it's a rug that you have to get up and stand on for. Fu- you can set it for anywhere from three to 10, 20 seconds. Okay. To turn it off. So I've been not ever since I got it. I haven't missed an alarm because you wake up and you you got to be on, on the it. floor. And if you stand up for ten seconds, and then you go back to bed, uh, I don't know. You got to get your juice going. Right. But by the time I'm up for ten seconds, I'm awake. So uh, you can also pro I programmed it to do the like Vince Lombardi speech of like when he's <laughs> a habit. So I'm like juiced up. My wife hates it. Right. We have a new baby, so she wakes up in the middle of the night to feed him, and then at 4:45 she wakes Vince up to Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. <laughs> With that being said, she's the most supportive woman in the world. So she rolls over and like my wife is gonna my wife is gonna listen and she's gonna be like she's gonna be happy or she's gonna be like damn it Tim because <laughs> I tell her all the time like hey I'm notorious for snoozing alarms and yep. it's my own fault. Yep. But I think the cell phone is the problem. Yep. I need the old school. Yep. So or the I rug so, or. so I'm the so when we had Jet, he's our third. What a name, right? He I better like be it. fast or he's gonna get killed in the locker room. I have a friend um, named with a kid named Jet. Really, Jet That's Jackson. Awesome. That is awesome. Another JJ. Yep. We, uh, so we had jet and what you don't realize, and I'm, I, I don't want anyone to take this as me complaining, right? 
My wife is a hundred times better than me. I want to say that right now. <laughs> but when you they did get say up, that before. When they get up at night, right? Like you wake up, and it was like I like went on like a three week run of not being able to get up on time. And I was like, why? And I like I, I would snooze, and I, I a lot of it I think was like you know she's getting up a bunch, and then you wake up, and then you know, and then you go back to sleep, and then you hit snooze a bunch. So I was like, I need something that's like guaranteed. I have to do something to turn it off, whether it be a real alarm clock that you have to hit or something that you know is going off. There's also times where I'm 100% convinced ever since I did this dang Apple update, I don't even know where my phone is, <laughs> that, I, that my alarm don't go off. I'm 100% convinced of it, that it's like, or because I keep it on silent, I don't know. But yeah, so I got the ruggy alarm clock. And it's called what? Ruggy. 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 Because it's a, like, you know, it's a rug. It's ugly as sin too. <laughs> so if your wife like mine cares about like, what it looks like when people come over. You're going to have to put it away under the bed at times, but I may have a ruggy in a couple Dude, I'm weeks. telling you, I, like I, I hate acting like it's like this. It just gave me this, like, uh, it was a good built in. I, I've been on this thing and we were talking about it where I feel like I'm optimized, right? I feel like I'm getting the most out of me. I feel like it's just like being honest. I am not like, I listened to, uh, who's the, uh, uh, motivational preacher, Eric Thomas, right? E.T. Tom, you know what I, you know what I'm talking no, about? E.T. He did the like, uh, oh, he did the famous, um, oh my gosh, he did the famous like, if you want to be successful, meet me at the beach, put the head under the water. You never heard this? No, I don't think so. Oh my god, I'll have to we look it up. You, we gotta get you dialed in. <laughs> anyway, so I listened to him, and he talks about like. You know, and he's given his motivational thing, and I like stuff like that when I'm working in the background. I like it, and he's given it about like you know, there's a lot of times I wake up before my alarm clock. You know what I mean? Guys say that I'm passionate. I'm waking up before my alarm clock, and I'm like, dude, I hit my snooze 50 times. <laughs> I think there's a lot like I was always like I want to be the guy who like wakes up before his alarm clock. There's a lot about just being honest about yourself. I'm not a morning person. Yep. Same. And I somehow get up at 4:45, and it's. Because I got this damn ruggy alarm clock, and I'm in love with it. What time do you go to bed? It depends. I would like to be in bed at 10, but, you know, last night I was up until midnight, 4.45. And, again, I'm not trying to advocate, like, don't sleep because I think sleep's super valuable. But you just like, you got a lot going on. There's certain so. times where you got to burn the candle on both ends, and there's certain times where you're going to be able to go to bed at 9. Well, so, I think that kind of ties back into what you talked about on the, <clears throat> the fitness one we keep referencing whenever – you said you're just super intentional with your time. Yeah. And then you talked about, uh, for people who probably didn't listen, but you talked about people like, I'll get off work at four and then I'm home yeah, earlier. Yeah. You're like, well, they're like, you're working till six. You're like, well, I'm at work till six, but when I get home, yeah, I don't I'm drink, doing, yeah. yeah, I'm doing things I love and I'm, I'm more passionate yeah. or I'm doing things that are, um, you know, worth something yeah. as opposed the to biggest, drinking a beer on your porch. Yeah. The biggest misnomer is that like time around is time. It's not time around people. Isn't time. Right. Like I see it with people I work with. There's if you if I go into the office, and I don't say anything to anyone and then to act like our relationships are better. Like people just look around like freaked out, like I'm going to fire everybody. Right. Like that's not good. Time around isn't good. If dad comes home and dad just grabs a beer and sits down and watches TV like I, I joke about this, but I actually think this is true. Here's two hypothetical situations. Right. I'm a kid playing in a playroom. Right. My dad comes home at six. My dad or my, let's say my dad comes home at four. The work life balance people. 
My dad comes home at four. My dad walks in. He grabs a beer. He starts playing Xbox. I'm in the playroom, right? He plays the Xbox until I go to bed, okay? Then there's a dad who works till seven, comes home, only has 30 minutes, let's say. Plays with them the whole 30 minutes, reads them a book, they go to bed. Who, like, like, who would advocate that the kid that's dad was home at four, the kid was getting better messaging? Right. That's my beef with it is it's like work-life balance. You got to have time around. Like doing what? Yeah, what are you doing? Are you on your, on your iPhone? Or? Like, you know, it's my big thing. I get in this argument with my dad a lot about social security because <laughs> he always, you know, he's not by no means is he like a, you know, he worked himself into who he is, right? He's not like a guy who wants something for nothing. And, but he always jokes like I paid in a ton. I always joke about like who told us we deserved retirement, who told us we deserved work-life balance. Like we were, you know, I think it's pretty clear we're on this plan to work, right? And be passionate and work to me could easily like work is also working on your family, working on your kids, like being there. I just think it's like, I don't know. It makes me so mad. Cause it's like, <laughs> I have so many buddies where it's like, you know, Emily and I and our kids will go on this nice trip and they're like, man, it's, you know, you're lucky to have that. It's like, nope, not, not, <laughs> not lucky. lucky, not lucky. You've watched every stranger things. I have no idea what those kids are chasing. Right. I haven't seen the aliens yet, but I'm sure there'll be time for me to watch it one day. But it's like, dude, work life balance is just like, it's so, st I don't want to be a joke. It's so stupid though. It's so stupid. Like I agree with work life balance from the idea of like, pour yourself into your life and your work. But the work-life balance from like I need as much time at home as I do at work. It's like why? Yeah, your then, your balance then, is not just being at home. What about the other way? But... Like there are times where it's like you know what I want life. I'm not gonna do anything for work. Like that's good too. Right. You need that. Like I, my goal is when I go on vacation to not look at anything. You know I ain't emailing you back if I'm on vacation. That's right? good. I want to hang out with my kids and my wife. And then sure enough. 36 hours later, after I've laid by the pool enough, I'm like, I need to get back to it, right? <laughs> we all are like that. Get you back know? in the You're flow. You're built like that. I just think it's, yeah, man, it frustrates me. But I do think that it's about being, you know, intentional with, you know, what are you trying to do right now? And are you actually getting it done? You know, it, you know, like when you, you, you were talking, hey, I'm going to go out and, you know, the family's finally going to be all together again, right? We're all going to travel in and be together again that's awesome. Right. And then you want to make sure everyone's not on their phone. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that's the stuff where it's like, you know, I, I joke where it's like, people are like, Oh, you're around them all the time. It's like, no, I'm not They're They're at the place, but they're on their phone. We're not around each other. And then the people that are on their phone, you're really connecting with, you know, I, I really like, I've audited my friend circle, right? Like my, my time is pressed. If it's like, well, you got I have buddies who want to hang out. But when we go to dinner, all you're on your phone, I ain't hanging out with you. We're still friends. I still love you. And I'm a, but I, you know, you, you've probably gotten to know me well enough now. I'm going to tell you like, dude, either get off your phone or I'm, I'm going leaving. home. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, what's What are you, what are you reading? Yeah. When my, when my parents came up about a month ago, I tried to really do that and I would catch myself and I'd, yep. I'd say, since they're going to be here for the weekend to be like, I don't need to text. Yeah. So and so or my buddy. And I'm like, yep. let's try to, or, or, you know, scroll on Instagram. I'm like, yep. cause I'm on Instagram every day. Parents are here once yep. a quarter, once a month. Yep. So I, I've tried to get to the point where like, if I find myself doing it, I at least feel bad. Yeah, exactly. You're, you know, you're trying to do we're it. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to pick up our phone. 
but I want to feel bad if I do it. I don't want to like, don't want it to be the norm. Exactly. Exactly. I want to feel bad. And then I also want to start to call people out. Cause it's like the people that are the people that you're at dinner with that are on Instagram the whole time are also the people that are like, man, my boss hates me. And that's why I haven't ever gotten a promotion. <laughs> it's like, no dude, you're just like probably on Instagram at work and you're not working very hard. Yep. You know, I, I just, I, I want to be a good friend and I've quickly realized that being a good friend isn't like, Hey man, your, your hair looks nice. That's like part of it. But like being a good friend is like giving like real criticism, criticism, constructive criticism. Like, yeah. and I want people around me that like would give me the same, like, God forbid I ever do something stupid where it's like, you know, like you're, you're jeopardizing something of meaning. You want people in your corner that are going to step up and say, bro, what are you doing? Right. Like I, I, I find that all the time with athletes when we talk about them going broke or getting on substances or something like that. Like you had a bunch of people in your corner that liked being around you. You didn't have a friend. A friend's going to look at you and be like, yo. Yeah. You had a bunch like, of yes, man. Like, in your hey, corner. man, it was fun to go to the bar, you know, that one time we shouldn't go every day. Right. <laughs> like you need people that are going to tell you that. Yeah. You don't want people that are like, oh, yeah, man, let's do it again because they have nothing. Like, I just think it's – i that's the kind of friend I want to be. I want to be the kind of friend that, you know, maybe I piss somebody off once, but hopefully they look back and say, like, okay, Tim at least was, like, trying to be genuine with me and not – Well, we're, we're creatures that – most people are creatures like to be comfortable. Yep, so yep. when people make you uncomfortable, tell you things, you, you know, it kind of hurts. And a lot of times people, especially in today's world, they just – and I'm guilty of it too yep. – um, well, we all are, man. I, I'm guilty of like, you know, Hey, comfort let's go feels good. These people are gonna make you feel good. Yeah. Right. But it's hard know. to be like you and say, Hey, I need you to tell me if I'm slipping or I need to not waste so much time or, well, we tried to build it. You know where I, what I would tell you too, is we've tried to build in our company and that's hard. Cause at first people aren't used to like radical candor of being able to tell their boss, like, Hey, this sucks. This part of this sucks. Well, like we've you said, how many, that. How many companies out there, I don't know anything about <clears throat> the coaching world, yeah. but how, how many companies out there are hurting for money or trying to build their clientele yeah. and get sales where you're like, hey, this kid might not be ready yet. Let's bring him back yeah. in a year or two. How many of those people are saying, oh, he's great. Oh, bring him bring him in every every they're day. Yeah. Him. They're taking him. It's Look, part of the it's part of the like, hey, don't let your soul, right? Like no dollars worth your soul, in my opinion. Right. And and if you don't believe in, you know, hey, we're working to get into heaven or whatever, no dollars worth whatever you believe in, yeah. no dollars worth, you know, compromising on whatever code you live by. Right. Your right? moral compass. Yep. Um, yeah. That's one of my fundamental beliefs. And then <clears throat> ultimately that parent's going to talk to someone. So when you take their money for 12 years and the kid turns out that he actually isn't very good, that parent can tell people, Hey, this guy told me for this long that this was going to happen. He didn't get any better. Yeah. You might have that one cell right here, but then you lose five, 10 down the road. Yep. And it's just not worth it. And it's just not worth, you know, I, I, I just have this, you know, thing. And I really believe that I really believe that the way you win is treating people right. And, and having respect for each other and, and, you know, in a free market, right. That we're in as free as it gets. The, the only way you stay in business, if customers decide to buy from you, they're only buying from you if you're good no one's forced to buy our quarterback training. Right? Yeah. We're not Excel energy where we have certain areas that we get to cover. Right. And you know, I'm not making a knock against Excel. I always say them, but you know, there's so many options, right? You, 
your, your job is to earn your customer's business and your job is to keep it by doing a good job. And that's what I think is beautiful about a free market, right? Is that ideally customers vote with their feet. And if you're doing a good job, you get bigger and you turn into Amazon where you started out delivering books really well. And all of a sudden you deliver everything. And you know, that's a tangent in and of itself. I always, everyone like gets mad about how much money Bezos has. And I'm like, listen, I get it, but get mad at someone else. Get mad yeah. at someone who took your data and sold it without you knowing. Don't get mad at the guy that brought a toothbrush to you in two hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this dude made everyone's life better. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how much stuff I buy on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Well, people people <laughs> don't realize for all the people, Jeff Bezos was an entrepreneur. Yep. And for every Jeff Bezos, there's thousands of people that tried something and failed. Yep. And yeah, he's worth whatever, $500 billion or yep. something. Yep. He's got a lot of money. He built it. It's yep. his empire. And guess what? You guys want to take his money now, which I understand he's filthy yep. rich, probably didn't need it. Yep. But what what if this guy failed? Are you going to pay him back? Yeah, no. no. You would have never known his name. No, like I said, he was selling books. books. He, he, took a, books. he took a loss for four years in a row have or something. Have you seen the picture of his poster where it's painted Amazon and he's in this office and it looks like hell? No. Oh, you got. I've just seen old too. pictures of him yeah. carrying books and looking yeah. like a sleazy car salesman. And man, dude, it's like, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I get it, man. I get it if it's. If right now everything, especially in the heights of the pandemic, like you're really hurting and then you see people that have that, man, I totally get it. No, yeah, I do too. I think there's massive hypocrisy though in the people where it's like, I'm against this and they say that on their iPhone. It's like, dude, then vote with your dollar. You're not, you don't have to buy from Amazon or Walmart or King Supers. You do because deep down inside, you care more about the 30 cents than to go down the street and shop at mom and pop. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I get it. You're being a huge hypocrite. Yeah. But like, just, you know, be honest that like, Hey, the reason I'm so mad about it is because of currently what's going on with me here. I could, I get that, man. We all go through it. I get super mad. You know, I used to get so pissed off at IMG Academy. Why are they so, you know, big? Yeah. And I was grinding out for 12 hours. I quickly realized that it's like, you know, we're just going to take them down. We're going to launch multiple markets. They have just Florida. Yeah. You're just, you're growing. I'll have Florida. (laughs) I'll take the rest. (laughs) That's awesome. That's good stuff, man. I agree with pretty much everything you said. It is, it is, it is a tough thing to navigate though. Cause you nailed it. Right. Which is, you know, you look at it and there's a lot of massive amounts of wealth. You would hope, you know, that maybe there's some, you know, giving and some other stuff tied and there is and there and there is and i think that's where people like to look at the bad they don't look at the good maybe his tax situation is weird i don't know but he's only doing what is legal in the u.s and how many how many people does amazon employ for god's sakes here's my issue with the tax stuff too is it's like i hear republicans and democrats both say it and guess who created the tax code republicans democrats those bastards Yeah. yeah we all like it's like everybody did it so it's not like this isn't like some partisan issue. You're like, telling me this guy doesn't get audited every year. Yeah, if he was doing something illegal, it would have already been found out. And it's so funny that, you know, we just like randomly picked these teams and it was like, you know, when I, I, I watched that social dilemma documentary yeah. and it was like, it was good. It was really good. And they talk about the divide between like, and it's only getting worse because of social media. And it just like, you know, I even found myself, you know, on it where it was like, you know, you're kind of like, you, you feel like you're on a team and it's like, that's just not the way to look at it. You know, you, you shouldn't feel like that. You shouldn't feel like it's us versus them. You shouldn't feel like I'm on this team. You should just feel like here are some things that I feel strongly about, right? 
She's my core. Yeah, because of my moral code or, you know, what I came through. And this is why I'm going to vote for it. And, it, you know, I get in disagreements about it all the time, and it's fundamentally okay. Like, I like debating the idea. I like, I, I really like debating. I don't know why. But, like, it's really my, sad that there's not a lot of real debates anymore. No, no. It's all just my, a joke. And one of my, like, you know, Justin Holland, my close, you know, probably the one of the guys I'm closest with at our company because he took over the Parker quarterback stuff and he's run a, a great job. We like debate about political stuff all the time. And it's like fun because he like we debate the idea. We don't debate like the oh, end result, you, yeah. Like like or get personal, and we like disagree on a lot of stuff. And we always say that's what's so cool about it. Like great friends, we disagree on a lot. That's okay. Yeah, me and my wife always say like when we see people are even talking about it, I'm just like if we all thought alike, we'd be a bunch of robots. And yeah, we're yeah. we're getting there. Like yeah. if you want to all yeah. think about the same thing, it's just yeah. it's not fun and it's not logical. It, the 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 thing that freaks me out is that like. We're getting to a point where if you want to think different, it's not okay. Yeah, it's and not. And that's strange because we wouldn't have anything that we have if people thought the same. Yep. We would have never – like, listen, you want to be honest, we would have never freed slaves. We would have never had women vote. We would have never done all this stuff that is a, the right thing to do if we all thought the same. Yeah, because at the time those were thinking, outcasts. Yeah, yeah, we would all just kept thinking, oh, why would women vote? Right. And now we realize my wife's way smarter than me. <laughs> of course she should vote. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of, I always get reinvigorated by conversations like this. And I always remind myself, right? A majority of people are us. Like, they're normal. They're willing to talk about it. They're, they're not like the person you see on Twitter. Yep. That just like is saying something that, like, is it like even a person? Cause it's like, you know, not their name or it's, their picture. It's, it's like, just, it's just one of those deals because, <clears throat> like, like with you, you know, I probably have a conversation with you once a year, but yep. then if I follow you on Instagram, I'll see your stuff on Instagram every day. So people see it more yep. and then they misconstrue it or they take yep. it the wrong way. And then, like you said, they get, people just get heated for no reason. Yep. Uh, things that are probably never going to happen anyways. What's been, what's been hard for me to get used to is like doing stuff like this. Or when I started to be vocal on Twitter was then like what I started, what I didn't realize was the people that were going to have like a real terrible opinion or reaction to me that like don't know anything about me. Yeah. And then that was strange. So it was like one of those eye opening experiences. Like, okay, should I watch what I say? And then I came to the realization of like, no, I'm going to just be genuine. Right. Like, like I've said stuff on here. That's not like the most popular of like, yeah, you know, you need to get your ass up and you know, accomplish what you want to do. A lot of people would be like, Oh, well, easy for you to say well no like you wouldn't have wanted my life eight years ago yeah someone's gonna just see what you put about yep kids playing football and then like you said they automatically assume that you're just trying to make money or you're trying to kill the kids that was my favorite response someone was like (laughs) you're just trying to kill kids like what (laughs) What and then and a lot of those people too don't actually believe what they're saying no they They just just want to get interaction and get yeah and then the people that do believe like you know i i think a lot of people have formulated opinions COVID and kids specifically and they don't know any of these kids. Yeah. Like they, don't they tell were. me that this virus is going to kill more kids than are going to suffer from depression and possibly take their own lives. Like that happened. So it's like, uh, don't like talk to me about like, and then you ask them, it's like, Oh, I don't have any kids. I don't talk to high schoolers. It's like what, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, why do you have an opinion on it then? And they go, well, they obviously, obviously the first thing they do is go worst case scenario too. Yeah. You're like, Worst case scenario, they get COVID and die. The yep. worst. Yep. You're like, okay, maybe they don't ever get COVID, or maybe I save them from 
you know, a bad home life or maybe yeah. I develop him to a young man. Well, this is what I talked about. A lot of people, you know, there was a lot of debating around like, oh, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you know, the reason they can't play is because there's a lot of uh, consequences that we don't know yet. Okay, which valid. But then you're talking about the game of football. You're talking about like, like these people are making these arguments about we can't play football because there's a lot of things we don't know, you know, that you could develop right? The heart disease or whatever, yeah. a lot of, you know, which is a true concern, which is but. completely true, except this person, right? Tweeting this is consuming social media, which we have no idea the effects of They're pro they're, you know, uh, taking Adderall, they're drinking energy drinks. It's like, okay. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, to me, that's the hypocrisy, right? It's yeah. rich of us to say, this is what we need to be cautious of because we don't know the end results. It's like, dude, you're literally scrolling on something. Eating that, fast food. That's like notifying you and you're getting crack into your brain, right? <laughs> like that's what these notifications are. Eating Taco Bell as yeah. you scroll. Yeah. Or like the like where, you know, again, I don't want to sound like an anti-masker. I wear my mask when I go out. But it's like the wear your mask to care about my health. No, bro, wake up and work out and eat right to care about your health. Like I just want everyone to care like care about like what they're doing and then in turn then like we'll also start caring about each other like the fundamentals yeah but yeah. like it's just like rich of people to be like man care about my health and they consume mcdonald's every meal right it's like what do you mean <laughs> you're doing or like the people smoking a cigarette right they got their mask pulled down smoking a cigarette put your mask on it's like what you're killing yourself <laughs> okay <laughs> so you know again i don't want to sound like this guy that doesn't take it seriously or anything like that cuz we we have we lost a lot of people and there's like a and and the economic impact and all of this is serious stuff i do just wish that these conversations like i've yet to hear a politician discuss hey guess what like vitamin d or working out has shown that it helps you not have serious side Build effects. Build an immune system. Yeah. So if that's true, right, like why are we not talking about that too? Like yeah. to me, then the logical thing is whether you believe in mass or shutdowns or whatever you believe in, that's fine. You should also then believe and y'all need to work out, <laughs> right? Or you need to, let's cook some chicken breast this week and not cover it in barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's you good. Know. No, I absolutely but agree. That's good I just stuff. think it would be nice to hear, like, I don't know. I honestly think that that's the way to political victory. Like Is what? Just be radically honest. That'll never happen, unfortunately. No I, well, I kind, of, kind of. I guarantee, though, if someone, like, came on stage and, what you know, it wasn't, like, as much of a – but just was, like, honest the whole time. I, I don't know if they can win the president, but I think you could be a senator. Yeah. I think you could be a senator right now running on, like, hey, listen, man – we're going to wear masks because it seems like it helps. We're going to do these certain things because it seems like it helps. And you know what? A lot of you guys are going to start working out and eating right, and here's how you can do it, and it's going to help you not get sick. Well, you know you know, Rogan recommended Joe for, or, uh, Jocko for president. He's like, you make the great president. Oh. Him and The Rock. Dude, I would love to see Jocko because Jocko to me is the guy who's like absolutely no nonsense other than it's about you. And again, right, as a believer, it's not, I don't find that completely true. But, like, it's a good message to try to, like, take responsibility. Take res If you take responsibility over everything, there's going to be some things that you're like, man, I, man, it stinks. It's my fault. It's raining today. It's not, right? But the message is but still. But the idea, but when you, 
think about this. There's two fundamental ways to look at it. And this is what makes me sad about the people that don't feel like they have any control. You could literally live your one life here thinking everything's in your control and you can do it or nothing's in your control and everything's done to you. Even if the everything's in your control and you can do it is wrong, man, I'd rather live there because the other one's super depressing. Yep. I also understand like, you know, there's people, I think a majority of its mindset of like the people that are disenfranchised and like really feel like, I'm not saying that they don't feel that way. I guarantee they do. But it's just like, man, I wish we could figure out a way to like help people see that, no, you can do this. I think that's why, like, uh, I honestly think that's why I connect with a lot of these kiddos is I wasn't like this, like, I wasn't like the number one recruit in the country, right? I wasn't like someone that you can't like, like, that wasn't me. I played JV as a junior. You know what I mean? I yeah. was like, you had to grind average. It out. I was 165 pounds. Like, I look like your next door neighbor. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like. And I think people connect with the idea of like, dude, he, he made it to the NFL and he like is everything I am. Like, it's not some, I don't look like Cam Newton. Like if you look, if, if Cam Newton walks in here, he ain't like us. Yeah. He's a better version. Oh right? yeah. LeBron James, he's a better version of everybody else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just, he just better. blessed. Yeah. And so it's like, that's hard. I think to connect with from like a, Oh, I can do it too. And I think that's what a lot of these kiddos see is they see like a guy who was like them. Right. Yeah. Or they're better than, and they're like, he, if he could do it, I, I sure as hell yeah. can. And I think a lot of times, right. You know, you know, the deal with sports, a lot of times as a kid, you hear like, Oh, that's a good idea, but what's your plan B? Or you hear like, Oh, okay, good. Keep dreaming. But it's like, no, man, if you really think you can do it and, and we don't, you know, if, if a kid thinks he can do it and you don't let him off the hook, what I mean by that is like, if you were to tell me, Hey man, you know, I do, you know, I want this full-time podcasting, right? My first thing would be, how many have you made this week, right? I think that's an important question to ask kids when they tell you something crazy, right? Like, hey, I want to be an NFL quarterback. Awesome. Did you work out this morning? Did you throw this morning? No. Are you sure you want to be an NFL quarterback? Like, what do you do when you get home? Yeah, you got to get after Fortnite. it. Uh, okay. Because it's, it's perfectly possible for all of us to achieve, I shouldn't say all of us, for 99% of people, like there are people that get in massive car accidents and can't move, right? But for 99% of us, we can do it as long as our work backs it up. Too many of us are like, I want to do this and then. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of in a different way, but I always kind of relate stories to stories, but like, so do you know Travis Barker? I don't. From no. Blink-182? Okay. I know He's Blink the drummer. Yep. Okay. The guy that's like absolutely yep. destroyed in tattoos. Yep. He's like. His, his famous quote or story is he's like, I started getting tattoos. And then he said, I want to do this for a living and be a drummer. So I'm going to tattoo my neck and my face and my hands. So I have no other choice. Yep. Because he ain't getting hired as a banker. That might not have worked <laughs> right? He's not going to sell insurance. Yep. So that might not have worked out, but it did. Yep. But now, and then he talks about, I read his book. And so and then he talks about yep. his son and he's like, so my son is obviously very blessed. You know, we're very yep. well off now. And I kind of roughed it and I'm one of the most successful drummers in the U.S. But he's like, I have tons of tattoos my son's like i want a tattoo and then he's like not only does my son want a tattoo he wants a face tat because yeah. the young kids are like i want a face tat and he's yeah. like it's hard for me because i'm like covered in tattoos he's like but son he's like you don't know how many nights i slept on my friend's couches eating doritos yeah. because i wanted to be a professional drummer yeah. he's like i didn't i didn't just get these tattoos and like i'm gonna figure it out he's like i was drumming for yeah. free five nights a week he's like i've been in seven different bands 
He's like, so you can't just get a face tat because you got to make your way. He's yeah. like, maybe, you know, you figured out and commit, you know, so it's kind of, kind of similar story. It's a hundred percent true. I, everyone asks me like, what, like, cause we have two boys, right? So I always get asked, oh, your kid's going to be quarterback. I, I'm not going to push him into anything. You want to know why? When we were at Fort Lewis and we were four and 40 or whatever the hell we were out there, <laughs> it's not fun. Like it's not easy. So if you're going to push your kid into something, Push him into something easier. You guys played in some brutal climates too, man. Brutal, yeah. It's South like, Dakota. Yeah, and... to me it's like, dude, hey, I'm not going to push him in any, into anything that's hard as hell to do. But if he wants to do it, I'm going to help him chase it, right? It's just, but man, yeah, you got to be honest about the journey. But I just think, I think it's important to let kiddos know you can do it. But then also reinforce to them that like, you don't become who you are because you want a game show. Right. I always say that. Right. Like I, our company is not where we are because I won some, you know, effing game show. Right. <laughs> like there's a lot of nights that went into this. There's a lot of like, hey, man, no, I can't go out tonight. Can't do this. Can't do that. No, yeah. I'm not going to dinner. Right. Like my buddies are all at dinner tonight. It was either we were doing this podcast or I was going to be working on our annual plan. I'm not going to dinner. Right. I love you guys. I, I, I saw you two weeks ago. I'm not going to see you again, <laughs> you know? It's just, I, I think it's one of those things that we just... Yeah, you're just and investing in yourself. I think it's a good thing to tell kiddos and tell them, man, you can, you know, if you want what no one has, you can't work like everyone else. That's our biggest issue, you know, what I see with our athletes is a lot of them, they want to go D1 or they want, I, I shouldn't even say D1, they want to play college football or they want to be a pro quarterback, but they do their team workouts. Well, tell me how that makes sense. Yeah. You can't work out like the rest of your team. So it's an important message. And that's I think, the basics. Yeah, you gotta, and, I, yeah. and I think that's a, a more or less, I think that's why like people sign up because I think a, a parent looks at it and we have all this great stuff, the training, the modus, we have all this, but I think at the end of the day, they sign up for like their kids long-term being around people that are going to, you know, instead of pouring the current messaging of today, which is like, no matter what, it's okay. Of like, Hey man, like you can do it. You just got to not let yourself off the hook. It's not okay to, you know, not work out for a week straight, you know, yeah. take a day off, but you better get your ass back to it. Yeah. I so. think, I think we've indirectly answered all of this in the show, but I did want to ask for my buddy. Yeah. He had a, a, a good coach yep. or excuse me. He's got a, a son who's a quarterback. Yep. Pretty good. But anyways, um, I told him I'd ask you. Yeah. So what he, what he told me is <clears throat> my kids put in work in the gym at practice and has a quarterback coach as well as doing yep. the seven on sevens. So far, he's shown the potential to be a really good high school quarterback, has the tangibles to play at the next level, level possibly D1. He's a freshman, low over 6'2", 175, runs a sub-five-second 40. Outside of playing well and winning football games, what is the best way to get extra exposure to coaches, camps, combines, et cetera? Ooh, that's a great question. So recruiting is, recruiting is the uh, craziest thing that I've ever been around, especially today's environment. Here's what I tell him. His kid needs to view emailing and DMing college coaches as just as important as his skill training and speed training. So he needs to be going to these college websites. He needs to be getting the coaches email. He needs to be berating them with emails. You know, first he needs to get on the field. He needs to play varsity football. Then he needs to start emailing out his highlight tape, pounding it. And then they need to go and get to college camps and they need to get the college camp circuit. What he doesn't need to sign up for is some recruiting guru who says, I pay me $4,000 and I'll call college coaches. I went to Fort Lewis College and I was probably one of maybe two or three guys that go to the NFL from Fort Lewis College. I can help get a kid looked at, but if I were to call them and say, hey, offer this kid, they'd be like, hey, Tim, 
I don't know if you can cuss on here, but they'd be like, F you, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're not going to do that. No one can get your kid offered. So what I would tell them is, first step is getting on a varsity football field. But the second step is he needs to pound the emails to college coaches. He needs to not be afraid to pick up the phone and call a college coach and say, hey, coach, this is so-and-so. I'm coming to your camp. I sent you an email with my highlight, blah, 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 blah. And then they need to go out and they need to get at those prospect camps. They didn't have them this summer because of COVID, but they'll be back. And that's the best way, you know, we've had a lot of kids blow up, right? Ty Evans went to Palmer Ridge, offered by Alabama and every other school in America. Alex Padilla, Cherry Creek, offered by University of Georgia and a bunch of other schools. We have a kid at Kearney Catholic, like we already talked about, who's committed to the University of Nebraska. This is the process we've used with all of them. So I would tell you that it's, it's hard to get the kiddos to realize that, man, sitting in front of a computer and emailing a guy is just as valuable as taking another three-step drop. But in the game of recruiting, it is. So he needs to prioritize that time when he gets home. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, that's the best way to get exposure. Yeah. I mean, I think the rest we covered a lot of about being intentional with your time and putting yeah. in the extra work. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, if he, based on what he said, it sounds like he's already doing all the extra work. Yeah. And then I'd say, you know, if you feel like you're working hard, double it, right? That's a good general term of, um, you know, to make sure you're working hard enough. But no, I think if the kiddo's doing all the right stuff and he's working hard and the other thing I would add is to prioritize, make sure he's a good teammate and a good leader. It's the other thing. If you're a quarterback, man, you have to be a great teammate, right? Um, we talk to our kids about it all the time because the, the other side of, you know, when a kid starts doing private training and seven on seven and doing all this stuff, and he starts having some success. He also starts to, at times our kids can get um, this like uh, pedestal syndrome where they look at their teammates that aren't doing that as lesser and that we like have to like, you have to stop that you have yeah. to eradicate. You know, we talk to our guys all, all the time about, you know, everyone's in it for different reasons. I have a, you know, there was a lot of guys I had a lot of respect for teammates that, they knew they were never going to play, but they gave it everything at scout team or they worked their ass off just the same. Did they go do, you know, extra, did they go throw an extra 150 reps? No, because they were five, six trying to play quarterback. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of respect for those guys. There's a lot of guys in college. You know, I, I tell you that there's a lot of guys that from my career, I talked to still that, probably people would be like, Oh, you probably didn't even know he's on the team. And they're like my really good friends. Cause I have a ton of respect for anyone who goes about their job the right way. Um, and then there's a lot of guys that, you know, you don't talk to cause you, you look at how much skill set they had and, and they didn't put in any work and you feel like they wasted it. Yeah. So, just all natural. No, um, no work. But I would make sure to, that he keeps that in his forefront cause he is doing a ton of extra work. Make sure that he continues to be, you know, that great teammate and that guy who, uh, is a leader and, and understands that everyone on uh, has value. And, um, and then, I mean, he's doing all the right stuff, but he's going to have to start hammering out those emails. Okay. Good stuff. I appreciate you answering that. So, um, man, we've been running a while. I've enjoyed it, but I know you get I up early. And, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what we may have to do is, uh, have you be a repeat guest. I'm ready. I'm you, ready. one thing I think you should look into motivational speaking. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that, but I think you're on the right path, man. And you're not just speaking it. I feel like you're doing it. If yeah. you, uh, I'm going to check out your Instagram, make sure you're up at 4:45. Yeah, you but gotta, you got to check out, I, you know, I was thinking one of my buddies, cause I, you know, again, I don't want to sound like I'm dumb and old, but <laughs> you can do the like highlight, the story highlight. But, like, yeah. You need to put them all on. Yeah. Cause he's like, I'll get on randomly and I will miss three of the posts. It's like, well then get on every day. But <laughs> meet, then I also me feel like I'm adding to the social addiction. So it's like, right. what's a good. But uh, no, I need to do that because 
What's well, okay? Before we go, I did this like thirty day accountability deal, and uh, the guy. Okay, who was the guy you were talking about that started on it? Uh, Aubrey Marcus. Okay, is he the guy that has the? No, the first form guy. Okay, I don't know who that is, but I do know first form. Yeah, he started some seventy five day hard thing. Oh, I've seen that. The challenge. And I'm reading And you have to restart. And it's BS. Because I'm going to go on record by saying right now that I issued a challenge to everyone in February that was 30 days, basically what he's doing. Okay? It's a joke, (laughs) right? He didn't rip me off. He doesn't follow me. But, you know, I did this thing with um, with my followers where I said, listen, for 30 days, you got to get up. And his is way more detailed. But you had to get up. You had to get your entire workout in before 6 a.m. It had to be done before and posted before 6 a.m. And you tag me, and if you do it for 30 days, I'll either hook you up with, like, a $200 gear pack. We have, like, these sweet gear packs we do every quarter. I was like, you can have a gear pack, or you can have an internship, whichever one you want. I don't care. Nice. Right? So a bunch of people, like, tried it and did it, and it was like – and then COVID hit, and it was crazy. But I was thinking to myself, like, that to me is the good of social. But it was also so cool because then I started feeling more pressure, like – I issued this challenge. If I don't get up and someone else does, I'm a loser. <laughs> right. But I thought it was cool. Cause I, there was, you know, the group of people that did it and it was, it was fun and I got to do that again. But it was, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, when you, I think by talking about the fact that I get up early and then that, Oh yeah, I post my watch it. Like I got to ca- cash that check. You can look if I don't do it. Yeah. You know? So I, I feel like maybe I do it to like add more pressure on myself to make sure I get my ass up and get on the ruggy alarm clock. Well, it, it makes sense if nobody knows then yeah. besides your wife, who's not going to, nah. you know, it's one person you live with, you're most comfortable with, but yeah. if you tell other people, they're, they catch you slipping. Yeah. Especially with my friend group. Cause I, like I said, I call them out on stuff. They're quick to figure out they're like, Oh, Hey if, man, I heard you say this on this podcast a couple years ago <laughs> at this time point, you didn't do it. So eat shit. Right. That's what my buddy trying to say to me. <laughs> Well, if, if you keep calling them out, they're yeah. just waiting for you to slip. There's no they're doubt. They're just waiting. There's no doubt. It's kind of so, like when you're, you know, you're the champion. Everyone's, uh, everyone's gunning for it's you. It's a good, it's, it's a good, it's a good friend group to have though, man. I think anytime you're like, anytime you're around people pushing you, right? Like I always look for that too. And like, when I like meet people like, oh, is this someone that I'm going to like, you know, be in the friend group? Like, are they, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's cool to have people that like are chasing stuff that like, like push you know what i mean yeah I think driving are, driving you to be better yeah and you can tell like you know you can like we've already talked about before like we got to go do dinner with the wives or go to a game like you can tell right away like hey is this person genuine like do they like have some like you know where they want to go do some, some substantial stuff or yeah i feel i feel like you're like watch netflix i feel like you're like a guy that you typically read someone in about two or three minutes and you're like this is probably gonna work or there's probably not gonna be a connection i'm gonna really oh, build no on doubt. forever no doubt i just like we already talked about it, right? If you're talking about like who you met or something like that, but if you're talking about like, Hey man, here's something I'm doing. Like, I just think there's certain things that are super cool. And I think there's certain things that it's like, you know, uh, like I don't get me wrong. I watch Netflix. I watch the social dilemma documentary. I, I think documentaries are fascinating, but like if like the, in, if the, if two hours goes by and all you did was talk about like a different show, like it weirds me out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> No, I absolutely agree. But there's a, but then there's also like a bunch of people that are going to start listening to this and they're going to hate us because they're like, <laughs> hey, actually, we have a TV show club and it's way fucking cooler than what you guys are doing. So. <laughs> well, and everyone's got different hobbies too. So. No doubt. No doubt. And I get to – Emily always gets mad at me when I talk about it because I do think 
there is something super valuable to a, a little bit of escapism, right? Of like a little bit of, okay, let me decompress. Yeah. There is a ton of value and we all need that. I find, I do it with golf. Golf is my decompression, right? Where I can like go out there and, and play. Although recently I told my wife that I have every intention of being on the PGA tour. So it flipped from like, decompression in a in a hobby so like now i get mad if like i'm not getting better you're gonna be like like you tony tony romo like, uh, the i got you can i don't know if you can see i got a wedge over there i like oh yeah I practice swings after i work out in the morning <laughs> well aren't most former quarterbacks like amazing you're golfers supposed to be a good golfer yeah when i started i was horrible so i don't know what happened remember when but, uh tony romo like almost qualified yeah. for the tour yeah he did he's like he's like in programs all the time he does really well that's insane my buddy adam who works with us he we brought him on. He's actually going to – we're going to start doing recruiting but with our members because a lot of our members were then going to these recruiting gurus and they were just hearing the wrong stuff. So we wanted to include it in what we do. So we brought Adam on. He was a recruiting assistant at Boise State, and he's just kind of been through it, man. He's seen it all. Um, so we brought him on, and we're going to start doing some cool recruiting stuff with him around the idea of like, hey, man, how do you get yourself recruited? Because ain't nobody going to do it for you. Right. So more or less kind of that question we have. But, um, you know, he always jokes. He's like, man, we're going to we're going to go on tour. He's like, I'm a caddy. We're going to win some pro amps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I hope, man, we got to launch some locations first. and We got some we got some priorities first. But senior tour is like 50, right, or 60. Maybe that's what I'll go for. That's awesome. Senior tour. So this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you coming up. I, you drove. I know you had, you had the harder end of the deal. Yeah. Hey, man. No, I appreciate it because I know your time is uh, is valuable, and you know you're a big deal. In you're, February, you ain't gonna awesome. be able to get out of the house. It's easy. I know. That's why I'm getting out now. <laughs> I told Lindsay I was like, oh, I don't want to drive, and I was like, you know what? In about four months, I'm not gonna be able to leave for a while. So Dude, in I'm, March you're gonna be sitting there like, hey, man, can I drive up there? <laughs> <laughs> Please let me come over. It gets uh, uh, it gets hard, but it's the most fulfilling, man. And you guys, I mean talking before you guys already have it all down it's gonna be a blast so. yeah we're super excited man i appreciate it um i appreciate this and uh yeah man i'd love to have you back on i think maybe down the road Can't see wait. how things are going after your launches um you if you got any last words uh oh, everyone should know about you now but i'll drop your links in in the podcast and of course when i share it love so it. people can find you but you got any any 30 second sales pitch no or any, just, anywhere people can find you yeah if you have i mean if you have a kiddo that's looking you know, whether it's a quarterback, we talked about mostly quarterbacks, but we have, you know, we train running backs, receivers, tight ends, O-line, D-line, you know. I would never – I don't want to pitch anybody. I Come try it out, and we want to earn your business, right? I, You know, I – I, you know, Tom Brady, I, I, have you ever watched his, like, thing where he talks about the all 160 people drafted in front of him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know he's, he's still salty yeah. 20 years he later. He says this one quote in it where it's like he wants to earn it every single day. Like, that's how we feel about your business, right? Like, I, we want to earn it every single day. If we don't fire us, right, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You're going to make us better probably, you know. Anyone who's left our com anyone who's, you know, there's reason, you know, some people leave, you know, for X, Y, Z. But anyone who's left it with, like, real feedback, it made us better, right? And hopefully we can earn it later. But, yeah, if they have anyone that's looking to train, we'd love to have them out and they can try a group. Or if they ever want to just – Come hang out, talk ball, or if they're looking for a cool internship, come out this summer. You got to do the uh, the thirty day challenge. You got to do the thirty day challenge. I want we want winners, man. We want I want uh, even though it's kind of become like a toxic world. I want competitive people. If you're hyper competitive and you're like, you know what, I want a career change. Hit us up. <laughs>
That's pretty cool. I like it. Uh, Well, yeah, dude. Seriously, thank you for for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been a good talk. We talked for almost two hours. So that's badass. Really enjoyed it. Um, Everybody, Tim Jenkins, CEO of Jenkins Elite. And uh, thank you for your time, man. No, man. Thanks for having me.